Welcome to Featured Insights, presented by Caroline Economic Development. I'm your host, Debbie Bowden. This podcast is for all size businesses in Caroline County and the Eastern Shore of Maryland to learn from experts at the local, state, and national level. We hope that you gain insights that can help your business run more effectively. KJ Marvel, thank you very much for coming and talking with us today. I appreciate it. I appreciate the uh, invite. Sure. So you are a chief... And I'm going to give you a chance to kind of explain a little bit about the hierarchy of the Department of Emergency Services and where you fall into that. But you are a number two in one of the most important departments in Caroline County, the Department of Emergency Services. And for the listeners, I'm just going to call it DES from now on because that's (laughs) a little bit easier to say. But I know you have a background in this kind of work and you've been with the county for a while. So there is a vast array of services and things that we could talk about. So this is probably one of many podcasts that are probably going to be with you and I talking across the table. But just give a brief introduction of yourself, what you do in the context of the department. And I'm going to ask you some specific questions about things that businesses may be interested in, programs and access to emergency services that uh, your department uh, provides. So as you said, I am KJ Marvel. I am the Division Chief of Emergency Services for Caroline County. I am one department of three under the DES umbrella. Gotcha. So we have the communications, which is where you call 911. Okay. We have my service, which is when you call 911, we come with the ambulance. Okay. And then the third service is the emergency management, which sort of manages um, weather events, um, you know, Hazard materials, manages the grant programs that uh, fall under um, the DES heading. So, yeah, so I am second to Mark. So he has three division chiefs. There's one for EMS, one for communications, and one for emergency management. And that's Mark Sheridan. Mark Sheridan, yes. He's the director. He is the director. Yep. Gotcha. And so that's basically what I do. If you call 911, my people come to your house or your business. So let's let's go ahead and talk about that. So uh, manufacturer yes. is in the county, and one of their workers needs emergency services. So it's not any different, and I think pretty much everybody knows this, but they call 911 just like a resident. Yes. And that goes to a, a center that's yes. located. And from there, how is it determined if your folks need to go or if it's a different set of folks that need to go? I mean, what's that look like quickly so a business kind of understands that they need to do anything different? Right. So when they call, um, they will state what the nature of the emergency is. Okay. Then that drives what actually gets dispatched. So gotcha. if it's someone that just passed out, but they're just on the floor, there's no environmental hazards, or they're not trapped in a piece of machinery or something like that, you're probably just going to get an ambulance. Okay. If someone is pinned, trapped, wrecked, something, then right. you're going to get an ambulance and a fire department dispatch okay. as well. So, but the only thing that the business, the only thing that a caller needs to know is what's the emergency and then be as descriptive as they possibly can be. Because the more information that they tell the 911 operators, okay, the more prepared we can sort of be. So that's probably good for us to kind of reiterate again, is that for business owners, no matter the size, even if you're like a two-person retail shop, all the way up to our bigger manufacturers, uh, 
the staff who are there, they see their coworker pass out, they should probably get training to know and feel like they're really comfortable with calling a 911 and giving a description of what's happening. Yes. Because that helps your folks determine how many come. Yes. And then as a location. And yes. We're gonna and where in. to park and where to go. So if it's a retail establishment, it's a warehouse, it might be on the dock that gotcha. we need to go. But natural progression says you pull up out front. Right. So if you're in the back of the warehouse and there's entrance for the ambulance to go, we should know that. So gotcha. the location of where the patient is located in the closest way for the ambulance to get to them. So do the dispatchers help to kind of they do. navigate that? They okay. do. Yes. Okay. They'll, they'll ask you lots and lots and lots of questions. Okay. What happens if somebody's first language isn't English? Um, so we have Spanish speaking, mm-hmm. we have Haitian Creole, and, you know, they're upset and they're nervous and they're anxious. And so English isn't coming as naturally. How does the dispatchers and then your team, how do they handle that? So we have a language line. Okay. So when you call in, um, the language line is able to translate and then give us the proper information. And then when we're in the field, we have access to that same language line. Okay. Um, and we're actually looking, um, the department, um, in a week, we are looking at a new software that's a little bit user more user-friendly, that has more dialect. Gotcha. So it'll be a more rounded service. Again, so business owners can know that they can make their staff feel comfortable. The most important thing is to call, give a good description of what's going on medically or emergency wise, and then the location, front, back, dock, floor, dock seven, uh, et cetera. And post a lookout. Always post a lookout. Okay. Yeah, because... We always go to the waivers. Okay. You, audience, you can't see, but yeah. she, KJ just gave a great description. That's what they look like. A visual uh, by waving her arm. And so that's a simple thing then. It is. For employers to, to, again, if nothing else, get somebody outside because seconds really do count. They do count. And every business should really think about installing, if they do not have one, an AED. Okay. And a stop the bleed kit. Okay. And then offer training. We will come. To your business for free. Our services are free. You will just have to pay for the cards um, for your people to be certified in CPR. It's so important. CPR saves lives. And if you have somebody go down and they're not breathing, by the time someone makes the nine, notifies somebody to make the 911 call, then we get dispatched and we get on location. You're looking at sometimes it could be 10, 15 minutes. Wow. So that's 10 or 15 minutes without someone breathing or. So, yeah, everybody should learn CPR. So I want to, that bears repeating. So that is something that Caroline County DES provides free of service. Yes. Okay. Yep. Then right. We will provide the training free. You will just have to pay for, if you want them certified with a card, gotcha. you, have to, you have to buy the cards. But the cards are like $20 a piece. They're not right. a lot of money. But the fact that you but could be fact, helping. Yeah. Yes. And we can also facilitate you ordering your AED. And um, we can order it on our state contract and have it billed to them. And, you know, oh, so, wow. yeah. 
So if somebody wants that, a, a listener wants that, number one, they're probably going to say, what is an AED? Is that the paddles? That Did is you? the old days. Old days are paddles. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> so now it's pads. So an AED is an automated external defibrillator. Okay. So when someone goes into cardiac arrest, the two most important things that you can do is defibrillate early, which this machine sends an electrical shock um, through the heart in certain rhythms, which... That's very generic in right, layman's right, terms. Yes. Um, so those pads, you put them on, it walks you through, it tells you step by step exactly what to do. Gotcha. Um, and then when we come and train you, we will train you in the CPR and how to apply the AED and how to do the step by step. And it's it's so important. Wow. So important. So, I mean, just... In this short amount of time, we're about a third of way through the podcast. We've already learned that uh, important steps for calling in a 911 situation. We're focusing on the workplace, but really that's residential too. Correct. The fact that if you have someone who's English is the second language, there are tools that you use and they can use and the field team can use to make sure that the information is put forth. Uh, the best way possible. Um, you provide training uh, for just the cost of the card and you provide training on a life-saving tech device. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see what else we can talk about <laughs> in the next <laughs> two thirds of the that podcast. That pretty much sums up my whole, that's my whole job. <laughs> wow. Well, that's a lot. That's, that's a lot. And, and it's more than, you know, I think that you're a very front facing organization, your yes. department, um, you know, commissioner Larry Porter always likes to say that you don't think about needing it until you need it. And you get high praise throughout the department and throughout the, the region for as how good Caroline County does this, serving its constituents. So we're talking about, you know, you call 911, you've got a car crash, there's respondents. But this, on the other side, this customer service mm -hmm. and constituent service, I think, is is really important. So there's something else that you and I have participated in once, and that is, uh, I don't want to call it an audit, but it's a review of larger facilities. And so that kind of circles back to giving as much information to the 911 dispatcher so that the field team knows where to go. So you have a large 20,000, 50,000, 80,000 square foot building. There's a lot of entrances. There's a lot of moving parts. You might have a workplace, might have somebody in a front left corner that doesn't even know you've got somebody passed out in the far back corner. So talk a little bit about that. How how can a company, if they really want to make sure that they've got as much protection for their employees, for their assets, um, probably protection for them eventually for insurance, how can they get a hold of you? And what does that look like for a walkthrough? So when we do walkthroughs, um, we like to note emergency exits. Um, because what we'd like to do is when industrial places come, we would like to do a pre-plan and have those plans put in the ambulance. Okay. So while the responders are coming, they can pull up the plan. And when they say, go to dock door seven, they know they come in the parking lot, take a left, go around the corner and dock door seven is down the side. Gotcha. Um, so noting where all the um, exit doors are in relation to the parts of the building. So front office manufacturing floor, loading dock, 
whatever. Those kinds of things are um, very good things to note and report. Gotcha. Um, everybody has a cell phone on them now. So I, you know, when, if someone falls out in the back corner of a warehouse, somebody's going to have a cell phone on them to call 911. Sure. Yeah. So that sort of has taken out of having to have phones or, you know, places that they have to run to. Right. To be able right. to call 911. Um, so that sort of is a, a no-brainer. Everybody has a phone. Sure. Um, so it's really just knowing where the emergency exits are, where the potential um, entry points would be to where the most, maybe where the injuries may occur the most. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And so, um, you know, that's also helpful if you're in a reduced visibility. Let's say that you've got you know, smoke generated yes. from something. So, you know, having that pre-plan and having the people that are actually going to be coming to the door with the waiver or two um, is going to be helpful because then they can, they know how to navigate because they may not be able to see um, a landmark and be able to, we've been, we walk through a large manufacturer and their warehouse. Yes. The manufacturing facility was fairly open and you could see commotion if you had to, but the warehouse was stacked floor to ceiling, 20 foot ceilings with stuff. Yes. And if there's a, somebody laying down, passed out or injured in one of the, in between that stuff, it's going to root, be really hard for your folks yes. to go to give them treatment. So, so how would a business reach out to get that type of review done? So they could contact our office. Okay. They would call 410-479-2622. And they would ask to speak to, um, we actually, we have a new person in emergency management. He started at 8 o'clock this morning. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So... You can call our office and ask to speak to, um, his name is Doug Jones. Doug Jones, okay. Yes, or they can ask for me, and okay. I can facilitate that as well, because he's still trying to get, I mean, he's been here six hours, so. Right, right. <laughs> I don't want to throw him under the bus yet, because he might want to come on later. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, right, we can dig into that. That's right. Uh, so, uh, this is September, what is today, September what is today? Uh, what, 13th. 13th, yes. Um, uh, 2023. So Doug Jones, welcome aboard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You've got work to do now. Um, well, thank you for that. That and, and that's good. And I think that's important too, if there's any major change addition or change in structure. You know, sometimes Correct. not necessarily manufacturing, but warehousing can change their layout on a regular basis. Yes. How do you account for, you know, we were just, I was at a meeting earlier today talking about Hanover Foods, which is was a company in Ridgely mm-hmm. that has cold storage. And, you know, people knew that in the area. But what if there's a new business that pops up that is just, you know, just there and they would have something unusual like uh, a paint booth, right, which may indicate hazards or cold storage. Is that important for you guys to know? Yes, and they should, if they're following um, Maryland law, they would have to register on the tier to website gotcha. that they have hazards and then we would be able to see that because we we monitor that as well and then okay. we could reach out to them and say hey you have this like do you, what do you store how much chemical and again that would be related to the dispatch center as well so if there happens to be a call there the fire department as the responding knows like Hanover hey there's a huge ammonia tank on gotcha. site right. and the ammonia shutoff valve is on the you know right side of the building, Delta side, something. So Right, right. So yeah. it's really important for business owners to, and, and the property managers to be aware of, of think about it. If you had to, the 
worst case scenario had to have somebody come in how to best communicate that yes so so i know another program that you and i have talked about over the years is the uh ambulance service for caroline county residents you want to cover a little bit more about that i do because it's very important because it also covers businesses okay so um caroline county has a plan it's called the ambulance subscription plan so if you're a resident or a business every year you can sign up And if we come to your house, so the industry has gone to where we can bill your insurance. But a lot of insurances do not cover all of the bill. So if you're not a part of our subscription plan, the county will send you a bill for the balance. Gotcha. Um, So for businesses, you can purchase a subscription plan. Um, It's based off of by employees. So if you have 10 employees, 11 to 25, or more than 25, there's different tiers. So it's 100, 150, and 200. And then if your employees get hurt at work or need an ambulance at work, they won't be burdened by an ambulance bill because you have covered them for... Um, the ambulance ride. So it's really a nice incentive. And we, you know, we don't, uh, we don't have many businesses Mm -hmm. that participate. And I think it's because they don't really know about it. Right. So is that per per employee then? No. So it is, if you have 25 employees, it's $200 and that covers everybody in your business. So let's say that several more times. I know. (laughs) So it's a flat fee that the business pays. Every year. And it covers your employees if they get hit at work. Now, if they're home, it doesn't cover them at home. It only covers them on your property, but it's a little something that you can do to sort of you know, give your employees something that, yeah. you know, they're not going to get another bill, you know, and if they get Any idea with that, with the like average non-covered portion of an ambulance service bill is? So it varies gotcha. by insurance, no insurance, but an average transport, if you need an ALS service, which means you get an IV, we put you on the cardiac monitor, we might give you some medications and the mileage and average transport is right around sixteen to $1,800. Okay. So if insurance pays 900 of that, right. then your employee could potentially get a bill for $900. Okay. You know, so I we are going to start really promoting this and finding a way to get more folks, more businesses to sign up. And it could be any size business. You said yes. one, two, how many ever businesses. And so, again, they just contact you yes. or the um, new... We can, okay. um, and we will, what we'll do is we'll bring you some brochures so that when you're you're doing your meeting with your business people, you will have these as well. And it renews every year. It doesn't carry over. You have to pay every year. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I think that that's a great service. And I, you know, I don't know that a lot of people, unless they've had to use it, understand that there could be an out-of-pocket cost for transport. Yes. And given that Caroline County has no hospital, and I'm learning more about this, so feel free to jump in. But there are requirements that you have to take certain patients to a certain hospital. centers. Yes. So um, depending on the medical emergency, there are certain places that are designated as cardiac intervention centers, which if you're having a heart attack, we have to take you there. So there's one of three that we have to go to. Gotcha. Um, if it's a trauma, more than likely you're getting flown to Baltimore because we have no level one trauma centers on the shore. Right. Okay. Um, so that's going to be a helicopter ride. And it, you know, if you're a Maryland resident, that's free. But gotcha. if you're not a Maryland resident, 
there's a cost associated to that. Yeah. Um, so if you were having a stroke, there are certain stroke centers that are designated. So some calls, there are designated places we can take you. The majority, we can take you, but we're still out of county. Right, right. And so there, that transport, because there's no hospital, is a cost. It Caroline County residents have to pay that. So this this service is available to residents also, yes, a is. different pricing tier, but the businesses can provide that little extra. Gosh, back in the day, we used to have Christmas Club. <laughs> that's how long that's how long I've been in the workplace. <laughs> so you know, it was it was a small thing that was administratively easy for our HR department, but it meant the world to to my husband and I when we were starting out just to know that we had that and this is another small way for businesses of all sizes yes to be able to to give their employees a little bit of peace of mind particularly I would imagine those that are kind of more in a high risk right yes. where they they have a more of a risk for their employees to be to be injured so I do want to cover in the last few minutes um some acronyms. Um, you used ALS, and I hear BLS uh, mm-hmm. a lot. What do those mean, and what's a distinction for a resident or a business? So ALS means advanced life support. Okay. So that means that the care you're given is by a paramedic. Gotcha. So we're doing IVs. We're giving medications. Um, we're putting you on a heart monitor. We're reading your rhythms. Okay. Um, a BLS transport is basic life support. That's an EMT. So they're doing basic basic life support, bleeding control, splinting, gotcha. um, you know, o- little oxygen therapy, and you're just being transported to the hospital. So those transports are significantly cheaper than what ALS transports are because gotcha. of the level of care. Gotcha. But we, and we work in teams. We have our units are covered with one ALS and one BLS. So we have an EMT and a paramedic who are partnered up for 24 hours. Gotcha. Okay. So, uh, so again, we, you know, started the conversation by saying, as somebody who's calling number one, you have some responsibility to identify as best as you can, the medical emergency or what you're seeing happen, right? You're not diagnosing where the the patient is, but then Caroline County takes the rest Yes, because you have somebody that can do the basic life support. You have somebody that can do the advanced life support all in the same unit. So it's not like Somebody has to hang up and go, oh, crap, I need just the BLS and call back. Yes. So you take, again, take care of all of that for, for everybody. For everybody. Carol- Caroline yep. County. All 34,000. Almost 34,000. <laughs> <laughs> and the visitors that ride through every weekend on 404. Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, KJ, thank you so much. I think we'll have you come back at a later date and dig into some of these other programs and maybe invite Doug to come in and, and just kind of talk about this, the looking at a business and what things that you look for and advice that you give then to the business community, both from the regulation standpoint and just from a practical standpoint. But I really appreciate you coming in today. Thank you. This is fun. This is my first podcast. So Very good. You did a great job. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe to Featured Insights and look for us on your favorite podcast platform.